Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me. With me, as always, in another phenomenal shirt, Brandon Newman. What's thank going you, on, Brandon? Thank you. I'm wearing my flowers again today. Third time in a row after uh, the flower shirt, but I'm running out, so it's Bucky T-shirts from now on. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Strong uh, strong Bucky T-shirts from Brandon Newman. With Tommy Bahama Couture. I like yeah, it. Yeah. Like, in, on, in honor of King Andy Reid himself, yes. uh, fashion icon, yes. joining us. Uh, Super Bowl champion, yeah, Marshall Newhouse. I forgot in the about building. that. He just reminded me. You yeah. Know? Uh, well, can you can you remind? Oh yeah, we're, uh, we're, on, we're on video now. Can you so. remind the people on the oh, uh, on the is desk there, here? Is there, is there Zoom? Oh. Zoom so you said no. you haven't busted this really out post. all that much. This is so. What number Super Bowl? I'm terrible. Forty five. Super Bowl forty five. I remember. I was like, oh yeah, forty like XLV, which none of us know what Roman oh, numerals yeah, are. Don't but do that. Forty five is, is the Super Bowl. Roman numerals are <laughs> it, it, call it what it is. Domestic terrorism. <laughs> we can't. It's an attack on us as a nation. But yeah. it's nice to see you out here wearing it. You said you haven't busted this out much in the last you know, decade. Obviously, you're still playing. You, you know, it's not something you wear on other teams. Yeah. But <clears throat> I retired. I'm like, man, I, I, I wasn't ashamed, but I was all, I'm never like to flaunt, wear it out. But I'm like, man. And you know, the funny thing, so we got measured for these. My McCarthy measured us for these the night before the game. And it wasn't a flex, I, I, I assume, but I got it made as big as they would make it. Because I was like, if we win, I'm never going to wear it, but I want to look good as hell Ooh. in a case. Yeah. Ooh, so yeah. it doesn't fit any of my fingers. It doesn't fit my thumb. And oh, so it I is massive. Yeah, and so I'm like, I, I'm also scared to wear it because really I'm like, I'm, gonna, I'm clumsy. Yeah. I'm going to lose oh, it. Oh, man. And this thing is insured for a car, so I'm like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> we just but, had my Bradshaw on, and he okay. said he was flaunting with both of his uh, Giants ones, and one of them just broke. That's what I'm saying. Right it off. broke? Okay. Yes. And That's he had, what to, he had you, to send it to Tiffany to did, get it fixed. Oh, Cracker Jack didn't make it? Okay. I'm just wondering who made the... Wait, so you got your guys fitted the night before the game yes yes see that's interesting because that is not a flex i only know this so when we were playing the title in 12 mm. yeah. it was and this was not a flex either it was just like you said you've got to kind of prepare for these right, situations right, right. and so it was about a week before we left for the game they brought a bunch of the senior leadership council up uh. and they showed us different mocks of the ring mm. and obviously it haunts my dreams now after we lost that game <laughs> walking out of that room Everyone went to the rate room. Every single one of us was like, I could do more. I have seen the mountaintop, and I will deliver this to this university. Did you see the, the, the vision of the ring fade as um, uh, Eddie Lacy runs through Manti's right. chest? Yeah. You're like, okay, we're you know this. They should have shown that week one. Did you really get y'all? Because oh. you should have been in the weight room oh. around then. I just said, yeah, we should have been in the weight room in the offseason. Like, show us that yeah. then. They showed this hype video before the game. The guys painting the new title number on the board. You're I'm like, crying Can in the we back travel? Of the room. What's the, the rock that y'all that y'all uh, pray to, the deity on campus? Oh can we travel back God. and get a little more good luck for this game? <laughs> Is he talking about the grotto? The rock. It's a cave. It's a cave. It's not a, cave. a rock. Oh, <laughs> my God. A beef amongst Christian universities. Welcome to Gojo The new Holy War. Here we are. Oh, my God. God, we are live out here at Radio Row. It's Super Bowl week. As always, download, subscribe, rate, review, Gojo, wherever you get your podcast. Five-star ratings, review. And this week especially, 
check out the DraftKings YouTube channel. Mm. The Gojo of Mike Golick Jr. tab here. So you can see, we got beefy setup here, Turning man. We can kick content, anybody's man. ass. Yeah, absolutely. We're just walking through. People are clearing out for us. It's okay. Yeah, It's yeah. got to be nice. I mean, now you, and you've been through this as a player, but coming to Radio Row now yeah. and getting that, po you know, you got the ring out here, walking around here, just getting grabbed at you everywhere, getting pulled into interviews. It's I'm not going to act like, I, you know, I'm, I'm just a hot commodity, but it's just nice. To me, it's more about kind of very, you know, subtle relationships I've made over the years yeah. that I've kept up with people, either from the team's PR people, media mm -hmm. people, or, you know, online friends that I'm seeing, people that I've met. So I'm like, that's been cool of just, like, realizing, you know, this is 11 years for me in my career of people that I've met along my way. I play on eight different teams. I was all over the place. So that's been kind of cool seeing all that. It's pretty incredible at the sports media prom here mm -hmm. now, and you get that mix of media and former players. Was Super Bowl opening night back in that Super Bowl as big a production as it's become now? It, it was kind of just they were just starting to like put their foot down on the pedal. So, you know, it was down in Dallas. Um, I think uh, Jerry would like to have that entire week back and, or, <laughs> yes. or you know, or, or pray, pray to the gods of, for different weather. That's right. It was so, it he's was He's never going to get cold. it again. That's one thing in the NFL that he has no control over. Um, but yeah, the, it was, you know, we, we, you go in, you're all in your, you know, the travel attire that's, you know, Super Bowl and you're walking around. I think we had it in the, uh, in the stadium, there might have been somewhere nearby. I forgot, but yeah, you know, there were there's more lights. There's still people from international people asking goofy questions to oh yeah, you know, the people that they flock to Aaron Rodgers, they flock to Ben Roethlisberger, that type of stuff. So they they're really trying to step it up to what it is now, which is center stage at an arena. Oh, where, you know, Kelsey's mom bring cookies. I wish I got some cookies when, when we had ours, but, you know. Bit, bit, was that the biggest flex of the night? I feel like it comes down to because you've got this grand stage inside the middle of this yeah. arena. Fans have flocked in here. Brandon, you and I were over there checking all of this out. It's amazing to behold. And you've got on one side that happening. They brought up a bunch of the captains from both teams, mm -hmm. and they brought in Jason and Travis Kelsey, which, Brandon, you pointed out to me, Michael Irvin, had the transition line of the night. Oh, oh do you man. remember that? Oh man, Michael Irvin had the mic. <laughs> he had the Kelsey's brothers right next to him. He said, "We up here talking about the brothers at quarterback that's going to play in the game, but we got two <laughs> blood brothers right here." And I was like, <laughs> "Pay this man his money!" Oh my oh, God, he, what, whatever he in gets another from life, the NFL he's just that. a WWE heel man and the <laughs> best in the world. It's crazy. So, I, I would absolutely watch him versus Pat McAfee at oh, WrestleMania. I will say that, or Shannon Sharp versus the Grizz. But oh, he man. gets up there and does that. And then you're right. Donna Kelsey, who is the star of the weekend, yeah. walks out and hands her son's cookies. Uh, yeah. Is it that or is it Andy Reid refusing to wear the track shoots and going full Hawaiian? Uh, full, well, we, full Hawaiian we, he showed us that. We knew that was happening probably. Like, that's just that's his thing. And we all support him and his, and his hashtag <laughs> big man life. Yeah. Husky, 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 um, you know, apparel. But the, the cookies, because you, you know. One of your sons is a tight end. One of your sons is a lineman. Those cookies are banging. Those cookies Ooh. are good. Yeah. She didn't come up Ooh. with their half-stepping. Yeah. She got two big Tupperware containers. Hey, you get your own. You get your own. I guarantee you teammates were asking for a cookie. Yes. Guaranteed. And, oh, yeah. and I don't, I don't want to poo-poo on them cookies, but they look terrible, so I know they was hitting. You know <laughs> right. what I'm saying? Them when, pretty they, cookies. when the appearance is just <laughs> trash, you're like, okay, this got to be good. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, why would you make them? Yeah. We all know yeah. this. Like The mark of any great restaurant is if you walk up and the front is dilapidated mm, and the mm. sign just says Mexican food mm. that hey. place is going to absolutely smack if yeah, you don't have to worry day. about a clever title yep. or how the place looks that's because you are raining hell in that kitchen or, or a grocery or, store yeah right, connected to it or, or, well. or there's a, a bridesmaid coming moment coming but one of the two 
true. <laughs> it's either yeah. you know, it's one of the two. Look away. Risk, risk, risk or reward. Uh, yes, uh, you got you got to risk it in this case for the cookies. So awesome opening night there. I have to have you settle the score for me and Brandon. Though. We'll oh, get no. to the Super Bowl. We'll get to some of the there's things strife, going on. There's strife in the home, in the Gojo show yeah, home right yeah. now. Well, normally, we do the show 2,000 miles apart. Now, I'm really excited <laughs> to get to hang out this week with Brandon all week long out Damn. in Arizona. <laughs> and we're at opening night. And when we get done with our obligations down on the floor, they have the Media Hospitality Center mm. up there. <laughs> and you've been around now. You were helping cover TCU football. Yeah. You've been up in the press box. The spread there. We live for halftime going up there and picking at the media food. Okay. We're, you know, we're pack animals in the media. Right. So we go up there, and they've got a buffet line of tacos. Mm. And so I go down, and I'm loading up my tacos, and I go and sit down by Brandon. He doesn't have a plate yet. And I'm like, all right, you want me to watch your stuff while you go up and go get a plate? Brandon looks at me and goes, no, I'm not going to eat here. He said, that food's been out in the open, and it's been picked over. Oh. No sneeze guard. No oh. sneeze guard. Okay. 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 Hold on, wait. This standard of no sneeze guard, has it stopped you in the past? Um, I, I, okay, in 2017, I, oh. I, I said I was, I was done with free pizza from work. Okay. So, like, I'm, I'm, I'm also, on this vein. Also, why? I'm on this vein. I, 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 don't, I, I just I don't the, want, I want your standards food. to have jumped the shark and you all of a sudden are high and mighty, too high, too no, good for, for the true. spread. But in his defense, what can we talk about? Can we, what's the quality? Because it's it, it looked like having dog. been in media yes. areas, sometimes it's like, all right, they, this is second nature. It's they gave us bottom of the barrel. double baked yep. chicken tenders and stuff like that. So it could be bad. Volume over quality. But so, what, what was the spread like? We got to know quality of spread. So I would say it was league average. All right. You know, it was league It's the Super Bowl, so they're not going to feed you dog food For up sure. there. For they sure. know they've got to make an impression every part These of this These are the important questions show. we're asking, yeah. folks. Yes. This is stuff you want to know about that yes. you don't hear about. Exactly. Yes. Dessert A1, I feel like dessert was a little bit higher than okay. the, the taco tray. But then on the back end, he hits me as we're driving home. He's like, hey, turn off here. I need you to go take me to In-N-Out Burger. Oh, uh, so you making demands? Let me be clear, me be clear uh, on this. We've been at this all day. We got to get up bright and early tomorrow and get back on the grind on this. And for fast food, like, do you think the people inside any fast food restaurant are all on the up and up when it comes to how it's prepared? Bro. You think they're worried about a sneeze guard? It's, it's my food. You heard, you heard how I order. I'm very specific of what I want <laughs> on it, so I know it's made fresh. So oh I know that food God. is made for me. Oh my God! For me, he was he was irate, Marshall. Like the, I, I was like, I, it's it's exactly what he said though. You acted like you were better than eating with the rest of us in the media, like you that rich. I wasn't acting. Is, I did oh, not. So eat. when you become a. So, when you become a producer of a podcast, is there yeah. also like a diva title that comes with that? I'm just curious. You tell me. Is there no, like a? Don't do this because that's that. This that D lineman, D lineman, exactly. thing. This the double. This the double oh. team working right now. <laughs> who's gonna Who's gonna climb up to the linebacker? I had right no now. idea Brandon's chair was about four inches higher than <laughs> yours and mine. Um, speaking of oh, that, before man. we get to uh, some of the stuff for the Super Bowl here, looking at this matchup, we've gotten to talk to you about this before on this mm. podcast. I did want to ask you what you thought. We saw. Um, this pop up in the news. Denver obviously hired Sean Payton as their mm. head coach. And great. the other day, great hire. First off, I love, love the hire, right? I love it, yeah. And then, you know, it was obviously, it was, uh, you know, they had to give something to get. So it's like, it is Sean Payton, but also, like, we're in on this. Like, this wasn't top down. We're, we're all committed to this. He's going to be the guy. Gave away picks, which New Orleans desperately needed. Mm -hmm. And so they, they put something in the, in the pile on the, on the line for Sean Payton, so I like it. They absolutely did. I said it was a burn-the-boats kind of hire, where, hey, we're, we're pot committed to this. we got to go all the way in on this. And the relationship between him and Russ is going to be the thing everyone's focused on. Mm. 
Sean Payton got asked if Russell Wilson can continue to have his personal quarterback coach, Jake Heaps, in the that. building, and Payton said, this is his quote, I'm not too familiar with that. That's foreign to me. That's not going to take place. I'm unfamiliar with it. Our staff will be here. Our players will be here, and that will be it. Were you First off, for you, this idea of a quarterback having his own people in the building, how com- is that common? Is that uncommon? What have you seen as far as your time in the NFL with that? Uh, I've played, I played for a lot of quarterbacks, and I, I feel like Brady was the only one that was close. And they right. had a very unique situation. So at Gillette, um, Bill didn't, have, didn't let anybody's guys come in. But they, um, um, Robert Kraft who owns all of the stuff around there has separate facilities that are kind of walkable. Different part of the practice facility, but you can get to it. So Tom's guy, I I always forget his name. Alex Guerrero. Guerrero had his own little room, a little area, a little recovery workout room. That's where Tom got all his work. So it was on premises, Mm. but it wasn't with all the rest of the players in the practice facility. So I don't know of any other quarterback that's brought guys into the facility to do that. Right. And to me, it sounded like Sean, no, Sean Payton said that. Not a no, but a hell no. Yes. yes. And so, uh, you know, it, so, it sounds like that's kind of going to be done. So it, Tom Brady, who is an outlier in so many different ways, also right. gets his own guy because he's Tom Brady, and right. it's a super situation. So but, outside of that, I haven't heard of another guy doing well, that. Well, do you think this is going to cause friction in the relationship first off? Because obviously this wasn't a private conversation between he and uh, Russell Wilson. Right. It was like kind of like it yeah, popped this up is on for him, everybody. and he was like, oh, what, what? Yeah. No, 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 no. And then also, like, I don't think it should personally just because Russell Wilson, if he's paying someone – to be his quarterback coach and what he put out on the field last year, like, you can go ahead and get a new dude. Right. Right? And I think more of it's like the recovery stuff, but you're right. But also, Russ doesn't seem like a combative kind of guy. So, like, on top of – I think he has such a reverence for Sean Payton because of his career with Drew Brees. Mm -hmm. They're they're viewed in similar ways of their stature. uh, You know, 6'1", 6'2"-ish quarterbacks. Uh, who you know have trouble seeing over the over the line, but have arm talent. I think Russ would give a lot of stuff up to work with Sean Payton. So this sounds like to me not going to be that big a deal. Russ doesn't seem like the guy who's going to you know be doing sit ups in his driveway. You know it, that's not yeah. that's not his mo. That'd be a new thing, yeah. and maybe he's changed with with you know you you, you pull Ciara, maybe things change. Hey. But say, it Ciara clearly and a quarter yeah. billion dollars from the Walmart but people I, might do that. To I, you. I don't yeah. see it being a problem, and I think Sean Payton literally is going to have his cell phone on and be like, hey, this is not how we do it. I want you to get what you need, figure out a place that's next door to the stadium. Uh, we'll get you a separate room somewhere else that the players don't see, but it can't be where we're all doing business. Right. So yeah. I, I don't feel like there'll be a lot of stuff going on. And out. I think that was the one thing is I did wonder if this was a conversation that had happened with those two before. And right. maybe this is, you know, my father creeping up in me as I get older. <laughs> but when I hear a lot of these things pop up, I do always think, well, that's probably a conversation that needs to just be had with the head coach and the quarterback. Right. A lot of head coaches do use the media to make a statement. Yeah. Yeah. And Sean Payton is certainly one of those guys. I remember being in a training camp with them, and he'd say, Every time you tweet, you're stepping to the microphone for a press conference. Every time I step up to the microphone, I've got a message that I am trying to make sure I get out there. Sure, sure. And so I don't think this was accidental, even if the question maybe was one that caught him off guard and he acts like it's four and like he's trying to come in and establish that very Parcelsian tempo right. of we are going to do things the way I know works and the way I know wins. Yeah. And I think that's a way that we view Denver is going to have success. I just always wonder like, 
all right, was that a conversation you had with Russ beforehand, yeah. or is he just hearing this edict now come through the media first? And it may or may not happen, but again, I don't think Russ is going to take it the wrong way. But also, I do honestly believe Russ believes that Sean is going to get everything else that's left in him out of him. Yeah. yeah. And so whatever it takes to get that done, I feel like Russ is going to do. So this, to me, seems like a very small thing. Uh, you know, he's going to have all season to work with this guy. He can, he'll be at his home, but pay his rent, let him live with you, just not here in the facility. And let's go win a championship. I yeah. think that is going to be the trade-off, and I think anyone will make that trade-off. And I think if you are a Broncos fan – this is ex- you're ecstatic about this. Yeah, oh, man. This yeah. is exactly what the organization paid for was Sean Payton to come in yeah. and become the face of this franchise mm-hmm. while you rehab Russell Wilson, the player right. from what happened last season. We know he's still got great ability right. in there. We saw it for so long, and you've had a coach that said, I'm going to come in and I'm going to meet him where he is. Mm-hmm. I am going to go back and look at all of the things he's done well over the years. We're going to go back to doing that. It's not going to be square peg into the round hole of the late sure. Drew Brees offense. For sure. And so to hear him come in and say, no, we're establishing a different tempo around here, I think as what you're trying to sell to the fan base, which is hope if you're the Broncos yeah. after a disaster of last season, your head coach coming in and giving you this whiff of, oh, this is that Parcells mm, lineage. Yeah. This is that championship virtue that we thought we were paying for when we traded for Sean Payton. Well, this is the veteran quarterback being told no, which is you yeah. see, you would think that Russell Wilson needs and the Denver Broncos fans are excited to hear. Right. I don't know if it's overblown. You'll be able to tell us, but there's that legacy of Bill, Bel- Bill Belichick always calling Tom Brady out in meeting rooms yeah. to set the table and let everyone know that no one's above reproach. You said it, and I think, uh, you know, this first thing out of the gate, establishing uh, you know the way things will be, if Russ just buys in, which I think he's going to buy in, yep. that's all it takes. Is he is the guy on that team. He's making the most money. He's a quarterback. And then as Sean Payton, as you're building out your program, everyone's falling in line. Because if I got Russ doing it, that's why Bill called out Tom, and Tom was able to take it and knew what the bigger picture was. You get Russ to buy in, the rest of the stuff falls in place. You get you don't have rookies messing stuff up. Mm-hmm. You don't. You, you, everyone knows where they stand at least because right. we know Russ is here and understands what's going on. I would have paid pay-per-view money for the Legion of Boom group chat when Sean Payton <laughs> said that in public. And <laughs> there is there's no price you could have put on that oh, that I man. wouldn't have paid to see what those dudes were saying, <laughs> seeing their quarterback already in some way be held publicly accountable. Right. They. I mean, they've been. <laughs> They've been oof, yeah, active, active, active all season. Uh, you were talking about Scheidenfraud, like it's just like you can feel them seeing Russ struggle this year, like some weird vindication, which yeah. it's bordering on like, damn, y'all need to like, yeah, y'all need to chill a little bit. Right? Yes, but they've definitely been well, like. Go ahead. Well, I'm saying getting that close to a Super Bowl, I don't know if they blame him for that, but like the animosity <laughs> there, because that group probably thought that they could have, they deserved. They deserved sure. another ring. For sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're going to see that final play throwing on the goal line. and they're, I mean, Richard Sherman's face after that play happened is what I'd imagine he sees like his, like, you know, in his dreams at night. When and to me, they were always the brash group. But the thing that, to me, that situation where you knew it was really off was a guy who really – we like him because he's honest and he's himself. But Marshawn didn't really tell us how he really felt. Yeah. Once we, knew, once yeah. we found out that Russ changed the play or did what he wanted to do – Right. Marshawn, if he if he had gone in on him, we would have understood. Yes. But he's not that type of go. But he kind of 
you know, he, he managed it. He was diplomatic about it. Yeah. But eventually he's kind of like, all right, that's what happened. And so to me, that was the bear of like something was really going on back there underneath all the stuff between Pete and Russ yeah. and the defense and all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah them boys, they, they've, been, they've been living really nice on someone else's. They've been, <laughs> what's it called? Um, uh, praying on the downfall. Yes. They've been yeah. praying on Russ's downfall this oh, year. Yes. <laughs> um, so they got their year of it. I don't think it's going to continue. I think he's going to find his way back. I think this is set up to be a really good situation in a crazy conference, which we thought was going to happen this year. I True. believe it's going to happen moving forward. That is amazing to think about the AFC West going forward oh, now. Man. The Chargers making changes, getting Kellen Moore an offensive coordinator, yep. hoping that takes the next step. What we God got forbid going on Aaron goes to Las Vegas. God I forbid. Your, your, your former home in the Las Vegas as Raiders, yeah. Like, I, 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 I don't know if Tom will come out for retirement for it, but Aaron Rodgers obviously looks like the best with Devontae Adams stuff there. Like, who do you think best fits in that role? You know, the fit. You know, the familiarity with Devontae is the fit that we talk about for Aaron, but I think it's more about Josh McDaniels and like the style of offense that he likes to run. Um, Tom was a, was a great fit for that. I think you know he can. He can do a lot with, with a little. I, I don't know why the Derek Carter thing didn't work out ultimately. I, it's, it's really hard to put a finger on when you're watching film. Uh, it, really, it just felt like Derek Carr's ceiling wasn't good enough to propel this, pull this offense across the line. Mm -hmm. But you talk about people that are available, it's Aaron or it's a first-round pick. I don't know if there's a guy who's available because they don't have much to trade. Right. Uh, they're, they're locked in on some contracts, uh, salary cap-wise. Um, I'm not sure where they go. I really don't outside of Aaron. We know Stidham's not, not that caliber yet. I don't know if he ever will be. Man. Um, but you have a team that, are they ready? They're ready to compete. Yeah. They're not ready. They're not winning much yet, but with guys on defense that they had, yeah. they got holes on defense. But they're ready to compete in that division. What do you do? Do you, you leverage your future to try to do that now when they might not have all the tools ready? Right. Or do you like, all right, let's have a two- to three-year plan. Let's not rush through this. It, it, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. It's one of the hardest things to do right now is to try and put a governor on expectations for the sake of the health of your organization when yeah. winning now is so the flavor. I will say for what it's worth, Aaron Rodgers went on Pat McAfee and said he is going on a darkness retreat. Darkness, black hole, <laughs> Raiders. I don't know if we should yeah. get into that at yeah. all. But it's just Ooh. something to consider. He lets, yeah. stuff, he lets stuff slip. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's getting wild out there. The so. DMT hits harder in Vegas, I heard. So <laughs> We'll find out next year we'll at the find Super out. Bowl, apparently. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I'm praying for you guys right now. I'm not sure oh, if I'll be man. there for that. I'm praying for you. Right. Oh, were you at the Pro we'll Bowl? Did y'all make the Pro Bowl? No. We didn't go to no, the Pro okay, Bowl this okay. year. Were you out there? No, I was not. But I heard some good things. Obviously, the, you know, the production, you know, there's stuff to be, you know, good and bad. But people had a good time. It felt like that's kind of the move, and so Super Bowl, I imagine, will be more of the same. It should be. That'll be exciting. Marshall, for this matchup, mm. looking at the offensive line, I know we touched on this some last week, but I do feel like we focus so much rightly on the Eagles' offensive line, mm -hmm. how phenomenal they are, Lane Johnson playing through a torn groin. As yeah. someone who manned a tackle spot for so many years, watching Lane, knowing what he was dealing with against Nick Bosa, yeah. how impressed were you by that? I was so impressed. And, you know, he talked about having talked to Cam Jordan, who had a similar injury, about kind of your limitations or what to expect. And I think for a guy like that, he, you know, he's a, he's a country boy at heart. He's a tough dude. As soon as he found out from Cam, like, hey, I don't think you can make it too much worse. So he's like, all right, let me, whatever my, my routine is, my dope, whatever my supplementation is, yes. right. yeah. we'll call it that. Yeah. Um, get me right, and then I'm just going to play because I know that there's – I know we're – you know, this is not going to be a, a career-threatening thing. So, right. yeah, him playing on, on a groin, 
against a, a, a guy like like Bozeman. I mean, he's and he's making it look easy. Like Lane, yeah, he's a different level of pass blocker, and then he fits their run scheme so well. Um, you know, Hall of Famer in the future. Like he's been incredible. So uh, they got like sneakily. People forgot that Jordan Mailata was just like uh, who? Oh, yeah, he played rugby. Yeah, yeah, he was six eight and was could sing and was running running back and stuff like that. But turning that into you know a, a starting left tackle in the league, yeah. a good one. Props to Jeff Stoutland. Like that is to me is the undersold part of the, their whole you know progression because they had a first round pick in Andre Dillard hasn't worked out injury, but also we're not sure if he is that dude. And then to find Mailata is crazy. So that whole group including Lane. I mean, just what they put together is crazy. Do you think we've maybe undersold what Kansas City has on their offensive yeah, line? Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're a top 10 pass blocking line. Um, in that in the Andy Reid offense and what Pat does, they do it really, really well. And so you've got Andrew Wild on the right, who's playing playing really, really good football. Uh, Orlando Browns in the contract years playing pretty good football. Um, when they show up, when they play well, Kansas City, I mean, you give Pat and Travis Kelsey extra time. That's, that's, that spells doom. Right. They struggled a little bit in the Kansas City a little bit, yeah. or no, um, in, the Bengals. It's in the Bengals game. Yeah, you know the little pressures here and there, and so even before the injury, you know, even if Pat that full mobility, putting pressure on those guys is going to give you know uh, what's already a deep and talented Philly defense a little bit of an edge. But you give Pat a little bit more mobility, you give him time. Yeah, um, this is the best quarterback they faced all year. They haven't faced a top tier quarterback all yeah. year, and I, I believe that the 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 most dominant group that we know of is the Philly offensive line. But the team, the, the group that if they show up will have the biggest impact is the Kansas City O-line. Right. So right. That, that's, how I, that's how I view the things right now. We got to wrap soon, but I thought Aaron Schott yesterday said the best thing about the, this out of the rosters for the Super Bowl, the best one to three players for, with the Kansas City Chiefs, but four to 15 is probably with the Eagles. Yeah. And it still make for a, a great matchup. Yeah. Absolutely. The, the depth of these rosters, the beef up front. Very mm -hmm. excited to watch it unfold. Marshall, we appreciate the time as Thank always, you, brother. Thank you. Excited to see you around here for the rest of the week. We might even drag you back up here. Who knows? Well, I just want to – can we just tell the people that you guys are okay? Like the food thing, it's lingering. I can feel it. It's palpable. I want you guys to be okay. Can we share a burger? Can we Can we do it wedding cake style and just you know settle what? this on air? We're gonna, you know what we're going to do, yeah. Brandon? Because last night I ended up I, – I went rogue and to punish him, I took him to Culver's <laughs> instead of In-N-Out, even though Culver's is phenomenal. It is. Um, Shout out Midwest, yes. yes. The, the butter burger capital of the world. Giannis is chugging uh, Culver's <laughs> the other day. Brandon, I'll take you to In-N-Out. We will share a burger there, and we will use it as a way to make up for Please this. Please get us swirl milkshake so we can just do the oh, whole – you. You We are the world. I don't want your approval, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're – we are going to talk to former Falcons DM Thomas Dimitrov next. Growing up playing sports, I learned really quickly that how you do the little things is how you're going to do everything. That's why coaches always harped on us about having our hand behind the line on sprints or picking up our locker because that was going to directly translate to critical moments on the field, making sure we're lined up right, taking the right steps so we can go out there and execute and win ball games. Small actions can have big benefits. 
Just like how taking care of your gut can support your entire body's health. That's where our friends at Seed come into play. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is going to benefit your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I just got my welcome kit and started taking Seed's DSO-1 myself, and I'm loving it. I love the convenience of being able to have it in the cabinet with my other supplements because you don't need to worry about refrigerating it. And I love the free travel vial that comes along with it. I'm constantly on the road, and so being able to take DSO-1 with me on the go is huge for my lifestyle here. I'll tell you what else I love is the fact that it's backed by science. DSO-1 was developed in collaboration with Seed's scientific board and based on their foundational work in probiotics and the microbiome. And with new clinical trials and breakthrough research published in top scientific journals, Seed's probiotic research development and innovation programs make DSO-1 a product you can trust. And it's great in convenience too. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when they're used consistently just like any other routine health habit. And Seed's subscription service is going to easily help build DSO-1 into your routine again with no refrigeration required so trust your gut with seeds dso1 daily symbiotic go to seed.com slash gojo and use code 25 gojo to get 25 percent off your first month that's 25 percent off your first month of seeds dso1 daily symbiotic at seed.com slash gojo code 25 gojo sound the trumpets it's horse racing time so saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIC. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+, plus, 21+, plus in certain states, to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me. With me, as always, Super Producer Brandon Newman. We are live here at Radio Row, Super Bowl 57, and very excited here. This can be a cool conversation, especially in a game where so much of what's gone on with these two teams has also been about what the front office has done, the team building that's gone into this. Thomas Dimitrov, former GM of the Atlanta Falcons and current CEO of Sumer Sports uh, here. How does that new title fit you, by the way? CEO has <laughs> got to feel pretty good. Well, it felt good. I was sitting around, you know, when the cycle happened last year and nothing came around because I had been looking to see if I was going to get back in or not. Should I go back in as an assistant GM or not? And I really thought if I could ever land something that was on the side of a startup in a in a senior level, maybe C-suite, it might help me learn more of the business side. And maybe if, if things ever came to fruition in another two or three years, maybe there's a presidential role opportunity. So I sat there, and, and Paul Tudor Jones, who's our founder, one of, one of our founder and our chairman, who's a world famous macro trader, right? He is he's a he's famous in many ways, but also understanding he's an expert in in modern portfolio theory, which is which is at the foundation of our optimization tool that we're working at at Sumer Sports. It is a roster optimization tool, mm -hmm. and it basically what it does is you could sit 32 general managers around here. I've said this time and again, and everyone would raise their hand and say, "Yeah, Mr. Owner, I know you're paying me five, six plus million dollars a year. It's not an exact science. I would love to have more help and get more exact and more mathematical about it. 
to me, there is underutilized, there's so much underutilized data out there that as a GM, I didn't use, nor did all of my contemporaries not use. And it's there to be able to utilize that and augment your ability as a GM with data, along with your really good ability to evaluate and build the teams. To me, again, I think it takes that good GM from being a good GM to potentially being a Hall of Famer. And that, that I know it sounds like I'm selling and I am. When I go into all my buddies, they're like, T, you've become a salesman. I'm like, hey. And they, they kind of turn me aside and they're like, I know I'm going to be fired within the next two or three years. How's this business going? Right. In the business yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we, we have a good time with it and they all understand. It's an evolving league. And, and it's amazing because, uh, like I said before, you can't ramrod this kind of information down a, a GM's throat or a head coach's throat. You just have to show them the benefits of it. And I think it takes time. As, uh, it just, it's going to take time. I'm excited about it, and I truly believe it's, it would be more beneficial to be around this than me getting back in. That's how I ended up in this, in this sort of... You guys are trying to use analytics to help these front offices make better decisions. The thing you were tasked with doing for so long, and, and you mentioned the changes of that, what you were using as a GM, but even I want to go back to you know, your time in the early 2000s with the Patriots. You're coming up... How much has the use of data, information, in making not just decisions about what we're going to do on third down, but roster decisions changed for these teams in that time period. Oh, look, look it's it's amazing when I think about that, because I remember how sometimes remedial we were. We were like, wait a minute, uh, he's got two tackles and a fumble about recovery, and I'm thinking, is that truly what we're basing this off of? Yes, our eyes, and again, I think this comes back to you get really good football people who, because you still, in the end, it, it does come down to football. I wanna, I'd say to your dad, I'd say to whoever else it is, right? I'd say to people out there who know football old school, we're not changing that. We don't want to change it. This is not black box that we're talking about at Sumer Sports. It's, and, and to your point, we are, we are growing and we are understanding there's so much more out there you can glean from the information. We still haven't gotten to the advanced analytics that I think people like Eric Eager, who's on there as, as one of our you know, VP of R&D and, and some of the intelligence. We, I think I told you, sorry to repeat myself, we have between 30 plus you know, data scientists and engineers in our building working on one thing, and that is roster optimization. Not working on supplying the coaches, you know, with what they're going to do on the fourth down. We can get there. We're fine with it. We're the, there, are, there are no teams out there investing in 20 to 30 people in their analytics department focusing on how to build the roster. So it's changing. They're more open. Back in the day in those early 2000s or whatever, I feel we were shooting from the hip even more, of course. Mm, yeah. we were, but, but one of the things, and I talked to all of these general managers, and this is one of the things that Sumer, as we're growing, and I love it, we're getting focused on the, the, the elements that are objective that we can truly measure. The more subjective elements, discipline, toughness, you know, heart, all, right. whatever it may be, that's going to always be an issue. Look, when we were in, in, in Atlanta, we thought we had one of the, the, the best up-and-coming defensive you know, rush guys you know, in, in um, Vic Beasley. Oh. You know, he won the he won the sack title that Super Bowl year in '16 that we lost, and but then he never came back. We we did not we did. I mean, he's a good man. Don't get me wrong, but his passion for the game was waning. In the end, he walked away from it. He could most unbelievable athlete. So we had mm. everything figured out, but we didn't have that figured out. And that's one of the things that we need to continue to work on. When I ask these GMs, sorry to ramble on this, these GMs tell me all of my my buddies are like, we do not miss on the player, we miss on the person. Mm. Think about that, that's a mm. strong mm. statement. Yeah. Not, not just saying it's a convict or someone, it's more the, the whole makeup of the, play, of the player is really, really important. So all this objective stuff we can take care of, when we decide how we're gonna take advanced analytics into some of this more character-driven stuff, the stuff that we don't know, 
then then you have something that is outrageously revolutionary. Wow. It's amazing to think about how much, and we've seen so much of the on-field football start to change, the aggressiveness that's become commonplace now for NFL fans who no longer as much, we get some of the discourse that makes it our way of, man, someone goes for it in a fourth down, backed up in their own territory, and doesn't get it, and we have this back and forth. But I think in general, fans have gotten more comfortable with aggressive decisions being made in-game. For you as a GM, what's been like seeing this change being a part of it? And now from the outside, it feels like, We've got so many GMs that are willing to make bigger trades, make more moves that have made the trade deadline in the NFL incredibly exciting here. When did you start to notice that shift happening in the NFL? It's a, it's a great point. Having been brought up in the NFL for, for, for as long as I can remember, as well as you know being in the league for over well, 30 years, basically, in the World League a couple years, so 30 years, and seeing how those earlier days, people were really, they would sit on their hands a little bit. They'd be much more particular, compartmentalized with their approach and they would wait for things to come to them. I categorically believe if you're sitting on your if you're sitting on your hands in today's world, not for long NFL. This is much you know, a much more aggressive and urgent not for long. And I, Jeff Chadia wrote an article the other day. I don't know if you saw that. I mean, it was a, I thought it was a good not just because I was quoted it. There was a lot of comments in there by by a lot of our contemporaries who said, "I can't sit here and wait, especially now there's so much riding on it. Think about this." I, I not that this matters, but GMs that were coming in 10 or 15 plus years ago, maybe 20 years ago, they were making maybe a million dollars a year, right? Again, that's huge in the world. I get it. Right. Now you get GMs, the first time they step across the, the, the proverbial line to become a GM, are getting five and six million dollars a year. That's a big number. It's not. There's still a chasm between the GM and the head coach. A lot of money. They want to parlay this into two and three and four contracts, right? There's a lot more relying on just instead of making, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars and leave and say, I'm going to go back in the market and make 10, 10 times more than this. They're, they're being held there more. They know that it's important to hit it right now. They're going to, you know, look what Howie Roseman has done. Um, you know, who else was it? Was uh, Chris Ballard. How many? Les Snead. Uh, Brandon, or, um, you know, just the people that are moving their quarterbacks that were first-round quarterbacks, we would never have thought about that. My right. first five or eight years, I would be worried, sick, thinking that I was going to get rid of Matt Ryan, right? Mm-hmm. When you're, as a, as a, as a GM, you are, you are gauged and you are graded on many things, of course, but your ability to find a quarterback and keep a quarterback signed is a really, really big thing as, as, a, as a GM. In today's world, they have to go for it. That's my mind, uh, in my mind today. Well, you talk about missing on the players, right? In the yeah. GM position, what about missing on the staff, missing on the coaches? That, oh. and the, and the, obviously, what we're in Arizona Cardinals right now and what they're going through. Like, yeah. How do you calculate that? No, B, look, this is another area that we want to get into, right? I mean, for us to get into, we can talk about the players. We can talk about some of the coaches. We can talk about potentially creating a proprietary scouting system that could be you know, just laden with, with advanced analytics. My baby, when I came in to talk to Paul Jones when he first hired me, I said, look, this is where the market is. It's the coaching. And it's not just acquiring the head coach. It's, this is where you'll find it fascinating. Because I've been around it, and I love Mike Smith, and I love Dan Quinn. But when we were going through the process of picking our assistant coaches, if, you could ever let, if, if we could ever get creative enough and, and this deal with the coordinators and the, the position coaches, mm-hmm. the positions co- coaches can make or break your organization. Mm-hmm. 
And you know that. You guys know that from playing, right? There's so much there. There's some really good coaches, and there's other coaches that might not be as good, but they are kept on the staff or hired because they're loyal myrmidons of the head coach. Let's call it the way it is. And we we need to get away from that. I think it's, it's, it's imperative that an owner can call a head coach. You guys know this, right? The head coach has it in his contract. It's his baby, right? Yep. With the coaches. But if you have a GM and a head coach being able to look up and say, okay, Dan, in this case, right, for me, Dan, I know you love this guy as your linebacker coach. Here are three other linebacker coaches out there that we're looking at that if you can find the creative ways and be able to measure, you're in a much more uh, sort of educated and sort of academic approach to this instead of just the emotions. We're too driven by the emotions in our coaching hires. Mm -hmm. That's what I think as a league. So... With those coaching hires, you mentioned the other hire that you're tied to as a GM, what you do at quarterback. I want to get to the Super Bowl matchup here in a second, but I think one of the fascinating things we've seen unfold since conference championship weekend is what's going on in San Francisco with the 49ers. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan and what they've built there now have a bit of a quarterback dilemma. Jimmy Garoppolo, finally, it looks like going to be leaving there. You spend all these picks on Trey Lance, and then you get Brock Purdy, who comes up out of nowhere with all these injuries, and now you sit here on the cusp of this offseason how do you go about trying to solve that dilemma when you've put as many picks as you have into a player like Trey Lance and he's coming off an injury like you had this last season uh, no it's complicated I'm sure John Lynch you know he's got a he's obviously got a good eye and understanding as he's been in this you know from his move you know a number of years coming from the media of course and he, he's obviously a Hall of Famer we know everything he's, he's really dialed in that's not an easy situation. He's got a head coach, as we all know in Kyle, who's really, really talented and really talented at utilizing talent to the best of their ability, right? To be able to u- utilize, I think it was a it was a coach of the year year for him, right? Absolutely. Being able to do what he did. Now, of course, on the on the picks on the draft side, you're saying as as a team builder, you're like we. Ideally, that's where we go. Right. Right. You you have to just we did it. We did it. Let's see if we can maybe get something for Brock or maybe not. Or we'll see how it all plays out. This is tough, of course. The only thing that I would look at too is not taking anything away from Brock Purdy, one year guy. Right. There's a reason yep. for it. okay. And I always say we have such a smart league in general with the D coordinators. They're going to come back. They're going to study the off season out the ears with Brock Purdy, and they'll come back next year. I'm not saying. But they'll know him inside out much more than they did this year. That's a complicated thing. When you're a D coordinator and you're on the fly and all of a sudden this kid comes in, you don't know. You don't know the nuances of his style. The only thing that I've heard about Brock Purdy, I heard this from someone who had mentioned, I don't want to quote uh, Jerry Rice, but they had said something to the effect that Jerry and some of the other former players said, this is the closest guy to Joe Montana that wow. we've seen in San Francisco. Again, I don't want to quote anyone that, but I, it's a that's a big comment. So I don't want to be speaking out of both sides of my mouth. I know that I would be very concerned about a one-year situation, or how many games was it? Eight? Two, yeah, eight yeah. games. Yeah. I mean, great for him. Great. We have, we have a really nice competition going there. But again, we have to say this as, as team builders, we're like, we're hoping the competition ultimately is won by him and Brock can be a really, really sound backup for us. Find, as odd as that yeah. sounds. And finding the answer at that position, it, it seems like we've got the league in a couple of different spots right now. This NFC-AFC matchup in the Super Bowl is sort of emblematic where Howie and the Eagles have spent so much time building this roster and then you get a quarterback like Jalen Hurts on a rookie contract out of the second round who has definitely overperformed in his position. And on the other side, you've got Patrick Mahomes where you paid him half a billion dollars and it seems like they made moves on that roster based on the fact that we think he's going to be able to help us absorb that loss. Which situation for you as a GM 
would you? I mean, is it just as simple as, hey, I want to make sure I have the quarterback and we'll figure out everything else? Or is it, hey, I'd rather have this roster around me where I feel like we can get a young guy and a rookie contract in there and try and keep cycling this through? Well, I think these are two really, really interesting builds, right? Two And two organizations that are quite different. I mean, I think... I think Howie, as a GM, has really come into his own, and I'm I, I, I like him personally. You know, be very clear. I think he's very good at what he does. He surrounds himself very quickly with a lot of really good football people as well, because as you know, his background was more legal, and yep. he's grown a lot. And you talk to the people in the building there; they really like his football eye. He's not just a legal guy telling every you know delegating. So they do a really good job that way. If you look back on it, I mean, one year right over the last six, I believe that Howie that was was that 2020. Is yeah. that right? Otherwise. He won a Super Bowl with Doug Peterson, right? I mean, what Howie, I think, has done is he's looked at it and said, look, I can win with coaches. I mean, not, not to take anything away with coaches, but he's done a really good job, he and Jeffrey Lurie, looking at it from a big picture. Let's get a bang-up defense going here. Let's, let's put together this offensive line, which I think is fantastic mm -hmm. right now, the way they're playing. Let's get a quarterback. Let's know what that quarterback is, put him in the right spot, right? Get creative with how we're doing it, and, and we're off to the races. You, you juxtapose that with what, what uh, Kansas City's doing. I say this all the time. I love Brett Veach. I think Brett is, is a young stud in this business, fairly young. So he told me the other day or a few months when I was talking, he said, I'm not that young anymore, Thomas. I'm like, maybe it's just because, maybe because I'm so much older, but he and he and the head coach, as you know, have such a relationship. It's paramount in this league, right? They have, you know, there's one guy who's exponentially older, but they get along. They respect each other. You know, a guy like Andy Reid can can rely on Brett Veach's mind and his eye and his football acumen as far as his evaluation prowess and let him do his thing. And I, this is not taken away from Brett. Brett also has what you know. I'd say this. He's he's a horse guy, right? Brett Brett has got the trifecta. He's got. One of the very, very best owners in the league, very best head coaches in the league, and very best quarterbacks. That's a great place for long-term success with that organization. And uh, I just love the, all, the way they all work together, the way they're putting together the roster. I mean, the Tyreek Hill moves like that, those are big-time moves for him, right? Yep. And, and uh, I just, to me, both of these rosters coming at it from a different spot, and not to get in, I, I know you want to maybe a little more specifics on it. I'm just fascinated by studying these organizations and how they put it together because you can have the best talent in the world if you don't have the right team builders. It, to me, it's not all for naught, but it really fizzles out. So for a team like, talking about that quarterback, that head coach relationship, for a team like the Baltimore Ravens, how do you look at the situation with Lamar Jackson right now? What should Baltimore be thinking with this quarterback that they're at a crossroads that they built their whole team around? Well, I, look, I, I, that's a tough one. I mean, I know that who you know with Coach Harbaugh and with Eric DaCosta, they're going to be very thoughtful with what they do. I do believe that they're football people through and through. By the way, Eric is is a is a, is an analytic mind too. He's yeah. a smart guy, and I love the way that he approaches it. So they're going to look at all this. What sort of dawned upon me, I'm sure, with you guys. I mean, the signing of Roquan, right? I mean, yep, yep. That to me, that speaks volumes. I mean, you're you're investing in that. That's a big move when you're in the process of talking about, you know, would this have gotten, was this, was this done if they had an agent running this? I mean, personally, that's a complicated thing for us as, as management head coach, right? You're saying, I don't have an agent to deal with, and I have to deal with you, and I don't even know who else it is. 
this this is one of those things that you know I think it's it's known around the world. You can get a really you can get a talented quarterback out there somewhere. Where do they pick in the draft, by the way? Not to do you know where Baltimore? Baltimore, this no, no I don't uh, not right off. I think the twenties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I just you know you would love to be able to keep this guy, but I feel like there's all this other stuff playing in, right? That that is a big. You're talking about fifty million plus dollars, right? Yep. And if you're not overly sure about, you know, where, where your relationship is with him, because you hear some of that, right? We, we can't comment on that. We don't know what's in the building. But there, there are some red flags there that will, will make them think, like, let's invest in a guy. That's why people were asking me on, on the linebacker signing. I'm thinking, well, they really haven't had a stud there since Ray Luton. Right. They've had some good players. But yep. I know how it is. When you get that defensive side, to get a stud there, yeah. you take advantage of that. But do you take advantage of it like that if you're 100% committed to $50 million? I don't know if you do. It's You're talking to a Ravens fan on the set here. Yeah. So speaking his language on the defense, but a complicated time there in the offseason. It's going to be fascinating. We could sit here and talk to you all day, Thomas. We appreciate the time, the insight on Sumer Sports. Excited to see you keep going at this. We appreciate the time so much. Great to be here. Thank you, guys. Love your energy. Appreciate, appreciate you. it. And you, and you look great as well. I know, <laughs> I know you're a style guy. I'm hanging there, great, man. man. I'm, I'm hanging out. I, I'm, I was over at your guy's brother from another, yeah. and uh, we, we're always talking about that because both of those guys were uh, – you know, with Michael Holly and Michael Smith, they're they're doing their thing. So I know you're over here now. You guys are rolling here. I love it. You guys do do guys do really good work. Thank appreciate you. you. Thank appreciate you very you. much. Thank you. We'll have to have you time. back here I'd soon. Love to. Definitely. Anytime. Right. Thank you. Appreciate Thank you. it. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, awesome show today. Uh, been exciting rolling along here at Radio Row for the week. As always, we finish it off with this, that, and the third. Not making Brandon sing out here in public because the TikTok people are next to us, and they would immortalize it forever and probably make fun of us because we are olds. I was thinking they recruit me and make it so I couldn't work with you anymore, but you know we have both. You know, same same end result. Six of one, half dozen of the other yeah. here. Uh, as always, download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us a five star rating and a review. Uh, tell us how much you miss Brandon singing. That we'll be back next week. There you go, uh, Brandon. Let's get to this to start things off. We had talked so much about this name relative to what had gone on in the head coaching searches for the Carolina Panthers. The San Francisco 49ers announced the hiring of former Carolina defensive coordinator and interim head coach Steve Wilkes yes. as their new D.C. to replace uh, the departed D'Amico Ryans here. Phenomenal hire. Steve Wilkes is a guy so many people thought got jobbed out of that Carolina job. But uh, Brandon, in the end, Kyle Shanahan keeps restocking the cupboard on the defensive side of the football in a major way. And and Steve Wilkes proved that he's 
more than just a, a defensive coordinator. You know, he obviously he had that stint with the Cardinals before, but I think that that's a great move for the 49ers, and I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative that his work is going to be rewarded in that way coming up next season. And what we've seen the past two 49ers defensive coordinators have both gone on to head coaching True jobs. That. This seems like a lot of what we've talked about with going to Alabama the way Tommy Reese did, being yes. a gateway towards opportunity. The 49ers DC position has become one of those Midas touch spots. Absolutely. And also shout out to Brian Flores landing the DC position with the Minnesota Vikings. What an incredible upgrade. If that team actually gets production out of the defensive side of the football this year. Consistently. Consistently. They have those splashes. Obviously, shouts out Harrison, Harrison Smith. But, uh, but yeah, they need the consistency It'll there. be incredible. So, yeah, big congratulations to B-Flow as well. Phenomenal hire for Kevin O'Connell and company there as they try and take what was a disappointing end to a great season for them and turn it into something more fruitful next season. Uh, Brandon, let's get to that. Uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, in the news ahead of Thursday's trade deadline uh, in the aftermath of the Kyrie Irving trade. According to Adrian Wojnarowski at ESPN, Kevin Durant has been engaged in conversations with Nets owner Joe Tsai and GM Sean Marks on the direction of the franchise and its ability to be a championship contender. So far, the Nets have insisted that Durant and inquiring teams that the organization has no intention of moving him prior to Thursday's afternoon trade deadline. Brandon, I'm not surprised, but their next move becomes paramount because now all of a sudden you're looking around and Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons are not going to win you a title. That's just not possible True. in the Eastern Conference as it currently sits. So these conversations have to be this organization showing Kevin Durant, this is what we are going to do to yeah. give you the opportunity we promised you at the beginning when you came over. Yeah, I just don't see them doing anything of note. I think they've realized now with all the stars, the difference of being relevant during the regular season and relevant in the postseason, and they've struggled to get past the second round uh, with whatever they've come out there with the Nets. So I, I feel like their best bet is to trade Kevin Durant uh, and get as many parts back as possible and, you know, end up like the – Timber, uh, the Timberwolves, where like we know you're a good squad, but you know, yeah, yeah, we don't have to really watch you. It just feels like no organization and the uh, uh, the team he used to be a part of in Oklahoma City stood at the precipice for the uh, this uh, of this for years, not wanting to be a team that goes back to being one of the other, being mm -hmm. one of the teams that you talk about tanking and going towards the bottom when you work so hard to get superstars in your building. We know Kevin Durant flirted with the Phoenix Suns this offseason when he demanded a trade in the summer. You wonder if that's a name that comes up in this process i don't think he gets traded but i do think this is going to have to be more about a plan for next year because katie coming off injury yeah. back into the situation you don't want to put any more risk on the one thing you have left at the core of your franchise i just feel like they tried to fix that thing with duct tape and it just got worse. It, it absolutely got worse. Brandon, let's finish it up with the third and uh, what could get better. LeBron James taking on the aforementioned Oklahoma City Thunder. As we record this on Tuesday heading into the evening, he is 36 points shy of the all-time scoring record to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. If he does it, Brandon, do you think people will shut up about LeBron James not being an elite scorer? It's kind of been a ridiculous subplot of this entire week. No. What he gets from passing Kareem is to be talked about in multitudes for the rest of his life in a very, very real way because you're talking about the ultimate team guy being the ultimate scorer because of his longevity. One of the best things about superstars is their ability to avoid getting hurt and just being there and being durable. That's something LeBron has given us year in, year out, other than obviously that stint with the Lakers and the groin. But I'm just thankful 
that this is going to solidify him in the history books? Obviously, he's already been there, but now people can't talk about him the way they have been talking about him. I heard J.J. Rant go on a great rant. J.J. Reddick, excuse me. Okay, okay, okay. I heard J.J. Reddick go on a great rant about this criticism of LeBron not being an elite-level scorer. You brought up longevity. He pointed out LeBron James is top five all-time in scoring average per game. That's not longevity. That's just ability. And I think part of what happens is, Brandon, we devalue getting to the basket because he's big and physical. It doesn't look as visually pleasing as Jordan or Kobe draining jump shots with guys in their faces, but it's still incredibly effective. It's incredibly effective in clutch time. And so I think it's been an overblown conversation. I'll be glad when it settles down again. And he just continues to collect infinity stones on the way to one of the greatest, at least two careers we've ever seen in this sport. So, Hopefully he gets it or else we're going to have to record this again. Maybe we'll just clip it and play it the next time he plays and does actually break this record. Listen, his legacy is cemented. The only thing I wish he didn't do was try to do Space Jam again. Other than that, flawless. thought it was a pretty entertaining movie for kids. It, it was, but he, it, it puts him in the Jordan conversation way too directly. He wants that. He I wants know, the smoke. Is, I know. I love it. Not running from the grind. Not now, not ever. Uh, We don't run from the grind either. We appreciate you, as always, checking out this podcast. We will be here for the rest of the week live from Radio Row, bringing you more great stuff. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Boom. Money in the bank. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.